Eye on 2020, episode 311. Have 2020 Vision with Ion 2020, your source for the news and events in the lead up to the 2020 presidential election. I am Ray Eaton, and I will keep you up to date daily until November 2020 with a libertarian perspective on the candidates and their policies along with the news. Thank you for joining me. Now let's clear our vision. Hey, what's up, everybody? Ray in here, your host of Ion 2020. Thank you for joining me for another look at the 2020 election. Man, I am all out of whack from missing the Monday show. Uh, on Monday, I did not do a show. On Tuesday, I ended up releasing the show just because I was on vacation with my family. We just took a quick, long weekend, and I didn't have any time to get it done. And uh, yeah, one day missing just kind of throws you all out of whack because you got to catch up from work. You got to do all kinds of stuff, and. And uh, I am not a millionaire podcaster, so I uh, have to have a normal job as well, believe it or not. If you've listened to this show long enough, you probably do believe it, uh, that I have to have a regular job because uh, this uh, definitely the, the quality of the show when it comes down to like the sound quality and stuff like that. I'm not doing this thing in a, uh, in a sound studio or anything like that. Uh, I typically do it while I'm in my car with a microphone and just to, you know, there's good sound quality in here generally. So that's why I've been kind of stuck with the whole focus on doing it in my car every time I do it rather than finding a place in my house. I know a lot of podcasters will do their podcasts like in their house. They have a area set up, you know, to make it look good and they will do live TV and live broadcasts and all that. I just don't have the ability to do that at my house. There's a lot going on in my house with a couple of kids and all that stuff. Uh, and, you know, keeping them quiet. Oh, yeah. Uh, they'd be breaking into that room as much as they possibly can in order to see what Dad's doing in there. So I just uh, I just have always kind of done it in my car. I'll find a place in the... I'll park it in the garage, find a place. There are time to sit down and do it in the evening time, whatever. But today I'm doing it... Uh, while in the morning time on Thursday morning just throws you out of whack when you're trying to catch up and I usually try to do this show on Wednesday evening but I've just been so busy you know uh, and so what I usually do is I do this show for Thursday and Wednesday evening I'd release it first thing Thursday morning at 5 a.m and then uh, then you guys get to listen but I'm sure you guys are all on the edge of your seats every single Thursday waiting for the show to come out right yeah I don't I don't I don't believe that either most people they just, they just listen to their podcast in the order that they come in if they see a podcast that they like better then they might uh, hit the button on that one and I would hope that maybe you guys hit the button on mine when you see it but uh, there are several other podcasts that I listen to as well and I do go for the you know, like the Tom Woods, like if I see that he released a new show, I'll shoot, I'll go ahead and click on that just as soon as it comes out, because there's always good information in those, as well as a few other ones that I listen to also, uh, but yeah, anyway, so let me move on from that, just, that was a little update on me, uh, been pretty darn busy lately, but I've been thinking about this, man, we're 90 days from the election right now, just about, uh, just about three months from the election in November, and, this show will be wrapping up around that time. This the name of the show anyway. I'll still keep on producing episodes, I think, and I, I haven't exactly decided how I'm going to go about it yet. It kind of depends upon the outcome of the election, right? Because if Joe Biden is the president, if Joe Biden ends up winning, like we're going to have uh, a lot to look at on just how he's running the country. And if and if Donald Trump is 
running or Donald Trump's ended up winning, then it's going to be chaos in the streets. And there'll be a lot to talk about then as well. So I haven't really decided. I'll probably take a month off or so after the election just to see, you know, just to kind of put together some new topics and some new ideas and some brainstorming on what to do. If you guys want to help me out with that, that would be great. You could also send me messages and stuff like that through Facebook. And through Facebook Messenger, if you go to the Eye on the Empire or at on the Empire, there's ways to message me there through Facebook. And if you want to just, you know, throw some suggestions my way, that'd be great. I've never had a guest on the show. And that's something I've been thinking about doing is maybe doing some guest shows down the road as well. Uh, trying to, you know, put together commentary on what's going on with politics, what's going on with foreign policy. Uh, but I haven't really figured out exactly how I'm going to go about the show, but the last six months or so has been a lot of commentary on current events with the coronavirus, with the election and stuff. So maybe I'll focus it on, you know, current events, news and stuff like that. I'm just trying to see where there's a market open within the uh, podcasting spectrum from a libertarian perspective. Uh, where, you know, where the, where the opening is going to be. Cause I have a great listenership. I see the, the number of you guys listening is going up constantly, uh, and consistently every single week. And that's good. I want to keep on putting out great quality content for you as well. Uh, maybe I'll figure out a way to, uh, lock myself in a room somewhere in my house and start doing some live shows. I don't know. I haven't really decided how I'm going to go about it. When I started this show back in January of 2019, my entire goal was just to do a, it was originally a daily show. I did it for about a year as a daily show, Monday through Friday. And I would just want to talk about the election. But as I started to realize that, you know, about January this year, I started decided that I was going to go two days a week just because, you know, not a lot changes every single day. And it was just killing me doing a, a show every single day. Um, so I won't be going back to a daily show, but that's, I mean, I, it's really hard to do a daily show. It's really hard to come up with that kind of content as well. And if your life is not dedicated to it, like my life is definitely not dedicated to the podcast. It is dedicated to, you know, talking about freedom and individual liberty as well as limited government. But, you know, I have a family and all that stuff as well. And I don't want to put them to the side and I don't want to make this thing my entire life obviously, uh, since I do have a regular gig going on as well uh, as a day job. So I'm not sure where it's going to go, but keep your, keep your, keep your, um, keep on listening, keep on listening. You'll, and I'll come up with some ideas over time, but if you want to have some input, you can as well. Like I said, go ahead and shoot me a message. Uh, a little bit going on in the news today. First thing I want to talk about though, is just this this whole coronavirus relief package, that's kind of what's in the news right now. And nothing's really getting done on it. The, the Democrats want to spend like $3 trillion more. The Republicans want to keep it around a trillion dollars. Uh, I want to keep it around $0. And I think that people need to just learn how to, or in general, people need to learn how to not look at the federal government for a bailout every single time something happens, but they need to prepare for a rainy day. And it's really not in the cards for this government to be able to just spend so much money. I mean, it's borrowed money and stuff like that. But you're looking at a trillion dollar package and you're looking at a three trillion dollar package. It's probably going to be somewhere in the middle, probably around like two and a half trillion, because you know these people just want to give 
give as much as they can to their donor class, as much as they can to their lobbyists, as much as they can to the constituency that elects them. They want to be able to say that they bring, brought home the bacon. So you're going to see this thing just stuffed, packed full of every congressperson and every senator's pipe dreams only because that's what they're going to have to do to get this thing passed. And they're going to pass something that's almost a guarantee because, you know, we have to help out the people. We have to help them out. That's what they're saying, right? Because these politicians think that, you know, the end-all, be-all is them and that everyone's focused in on Washington and somehow they've gotten this group think that makes them feel like what they are doing is so important it's going to, you know, make the economy so much better if they just borrow two to three trillion dollars and hand it out to people and that's going to have no negative effect on the economy which it will have an effect on the economy it's going to have effect on asset classes asset prices it's going to have effect on um the inflation of the dollar it's going to have inflation on uh consumer products and there's going to be lots of negative effects to it but they don't think about that they just think dollars and cents they just think about giving us as much money as they can to their donor class and paying out as many people as they can in the business world that are going to be donating to their campaigns and then giving the people a token amount in order to keep them quiet. And they did that last time back in April when they passed the the CARES Act or whatever that BS was. They gave a $1,200. They gave out $1,200 to each individual in America and $500 to their kids And that was kind of just a, you know, a handout to the people to say, hey, shut up. Don't look too deep into this CARES Act. Don't look into all the bribes and the handouts that we're giving people. And at that point, we're going to give you guys all kinds of, you know, at that point, we're going to be able to give out all the bribes and things that we want to give to our donors. And it just keeps everyone quiet. And they're looking at the same thing now. That's really what it comes down to. I heard the other day they're talking about, You know, the airlines are struggling still, even though they got their $50 billion bailout from the government. The airlines are still struggling. But think about all of the other associated industries that go along with the airline industry, like the food manufacturers and the food producers and the staff that works at the airports and all these people that are hurting. We need to give these businesses at these companies a bailout as well. We need to give the airline manufacturers a bailout as well because they're not using the airplane or the airlines are not using as many airplanes. So they're not buying more airplanes. And look at that. We need to bail that out as well. And there's just so much going on because the politicians depend upon these, these, this. And the thing is, is when the politicians depend upon the donors to donate to their campaigns, they're going to be tied to those donors. They're going to be tied to doing what they tell them to do. And they have trillions of dollars that they're able to hand out, right? So there's going to be lobbyists there to try to get that money. And there's going to be corruption involved in that. And I don't know what the answer is. Why, how, do we, how do we stop that, right? The only solution that I have to stop that is limited government. Limit the things that the government does and limit the power that the government has and limit the size and scope of the federal government. 
But how do we get to that point, right? How do we get to that point where we can change people's minds and make them think that way? Like, there's the solution to this is very it's very challenging to figure out what the solution is to this because it's a cultural thing. It really is. Like, the culture of America is look to the federal government to tell us what to do. If there's a problem in America, what does the president say about it? If there's a problem in America, what is Congress going to do about it? If there's a problem in America, how is Washington going to fix it? And that's the culture that we live in right now. There's no how is the state going to fix it. There's no looking to your state for answers. There's no looking to the governors, looking to your local politicians. Like, do you ever hear about the local news in your area unless you search for it? Is all of the conversation about what's going on on a national level? Absolutely. But the best person to fix a problem is not the President of the United States. The person, the best group to fix it is not the politicians in Washington, but that's what we look to. If you watch CNN during the day, every single issue that comes up, they say, what are legislators going to do to fix it? All legislators can do is pass laws make things illegal, tax things, stuff like that. There's not much that they can do to fix these issues. There's not much the president can do to fix those issues. Most issues that come up are local problems, but that's not the culture that we have in America. And that, how do we change that? I don't know. And trying to figure that out. I mean, the libertarians, we talk about limited government, but there's no real way to make it happen. To me, it's really hard to figure out how to make that happen. I wish I knew. But I don't. But all we talk about now is, you know, what is, what is the federal government going to do? How are we going to get these trillions of dollars out to the American people as fast as possible? How much are we going to spend? There's no talk about limiting the national debt anymore. That's gone away a long time ago, guys. It's not even a popular idea. I mean, they've even rationalized it to the point in saying that, you know, we need a huge national debt. We need deficit spending because that's what puts money into the economy, which is that's what grows the economy. It's really odd, isn't it? So that's what we're dealing with, guys. And it's, I mean, I don't know what the answers are. I, I wish I did. I, I know that I'm going to keep on preaching limited government. That's the, that's the absolute standard that I have. And there's a lot of libertarians out there that do the same. But I mean, look at Donald Trump. I was thinking about this earlier today, and I was I was thinking about doing a show just on what what negative or why I don't like Donald Trump. And look at Donald Trump. He has turned the Republican Party into a party that doesn't even talk about deficit spending, a party that doesn't talk about limiting government, a party that says, "What can the executive do?" Because Congress is dis, is dysfunctional. So they want to give more power to the executive. They want a dictator, essentially. And Donald Trump is happy to oblige. He doesn't talk about limiting the amount of spending going on. The only positive thing I could say is through the coronavirus, he's kind of stayed hands off in the sense that he hasn't made dictates from, you know, his place on high and said we need to have a mask mandate nationwide we need this we need that and you know what if you don't do it we're going to arrest you 
he's kind of left the decision-making process to the governors. That's one positive thing I could say. He's, but I don't think he believes in federalism. I think more it's like a it's like a cover your own ass type thing. Excuse my language. You don't try to curse on this show, but yeah, it's like it's like a cover your cover your tail, man. If he does not make the final decision on things, maybe that'll help him out to look like he did the right thing down the road. I don't know. But, I mean, the Democrats are beating him up, saying, we need more direction from you. We need you to pass rules and laws and regulations and sign executive orders mandating this and forcing that and shutting down this. That's what the Democrats are demanding, which is crazy that they're demanding more power from the executive when executive power is not a good thing to be used. The the Congress and and the Senate, they need to take back the power from the executive. But one of the things that just, just, just makes me upset about Donald Trump is the fact that there's no talk. He's changed the Republican Party. And the Republican Party only gave you know, national debt issues, um, deficit spending issues, conservative spending. They, they only gave it lip service anyway. But at least having the lip service was a good thing because every so often you could say, hey, look, you're spending too much money. But when the Republicans are in power, the Republicans go with whatever the, whatever spending the Republican that's in power tells them to do, you know, that's just the way it is. And no one complains about it. And the Democrats aren't going to complain against about more spending because they want as much spending as they could possibly get. So they don't complain about it. They complain about where the spending's going. They, they complain that he's not spending enough or in the right places, but that's it. But where is the fiscal conservatism? Where is the Tea Party? I asked that question right before the whole coronavirus hit. It's on a show back in March, beginning of March. Where is the Tea Party at? They don't. They're, they're non-existent right now when it comes to federal spending. There's a few silent voices in Congress. They're shouting as loud as they can in an empty room. Like Thomas Massey. There's a few that are saying, let's have some limited spending. You got Rand Paul there, but that's about it, guys. That's about it. So what's going to happen in the election, man? What is going to happen? I have, I am at a loss right now. We're about 90 days out from the election. And Donald Trump is talking about pushing the election back or maybe having it sooner. Talking about getting rid of the paper ballots. Like there's a lot of talk on his side about executive orders to do this and do that, to try to limit the paper ballots. I don't know how they're going to do that. From my understanding, though, it's all talk because the states are in charge of the elections and there's like an election commission and stuff that has nothing to do with the federal government. So that's probably a good thing. Um, So what's going to happen, though, in the election? That's the biggest thing. So I talked about Joe Jorgensen on Tuesday when I released the show on the last show if you want to listen to that one you can but I just don't I mean obviously a third party is not gonna get the attention from the media right now 
just in the way, like, there's only so much time that the media has to spend 24 hours in a day, and Joe Jorgensen might get a minute of talk once a week, if that, from a libertarian-leaning commentator on Fox News somewhere. But that's all she's going to get. So we're not going to see a huge turnout for the third party. I wish it would happen, but it's not. Although the Libertarians will be on all 50 states, state ballots, most likely you're going to get 3%, maybe 4% of the vote. If it's a really good turnout, you might get 4 I'm honestly thinking if you get a really good turnout, it might be 3% of the vote, or maybe even just 2% of the vote if you get a really good, I mean, super strong turnout, and that'll be it, man. Um, Just because she's not that huge, like, that popular of a candidate. She's not just some charismatic leader, and she doesn't have, like, the government credentials, per se, that, like, Gary Johnson had, who was a governor of of New Mexico. Uh, so who knows what's going to happen on that side. But from the from the Republicans and the Democrats, is Donald Trump going to win? Like, I am at a loss. I don't think that Donald Trump is going to win. Like, that's, that's my gut instinct right now from looking at all of the media and the news and the polls and the, you know, real clear politics averages and stuff like that that I've been looking at. Like, it seems like... It seems like Donald Trump doesn't have a chance, a, you know, a, a chance in hell to win right now. But Joe Biden's, you know, if, if he's on that debate stage and people don't have confidence in the guy because he's not making sense when he's talking because it doesn't sound coherent, if that does end up happening, then they might be willing to vote for Donald Trump. And can't is America going to be okay with four more years of Donald Trump? America will be fine, guys. Will Amer- will America be okay with four years of Joe Biden? America is going to be fine, right? Where does the government really affect you the most? Is in your pocketbook? Is in your is in your paycheck? You know the the regulation. You know, in my life, I'm not sure that there's too many regulations that really affect my life per se. Maybe, you know, they'll teach different things in school. I don't know. I mean, I don't think that's going to happen as well. Like, the current status quo that we have is not going to change that much under either of these guys. The only thing, like, what drives me crazy is the fact that neither of them have an anti-war stance right now. And that's the thing that affects other people in the world, worldwide. Killing kids, killing innocent families, killing, you know, people in foreign countries. Like, to me, that is just terrible and wrong. You don't have a, you don't have a voice for, from Joe Biden saying we need to pull back on all our interventionist foreign policy. Donald Trump doesn't talk about it either, so that's not. I mean, that's one of the things that I would vote for, in that sense. And I don't see either of them talking about that. But in the in the long run, America will be fine. Four years of one person versus the other not that big of a deal. I'm looking at Donald Trump, though, and, like, this guy is just chaos all the time, and there's a lot of division that gets pushed because of him, and I don't know if it's... I, I think, honestly, it's there's a huge amount of hate of him from the far left and the left, and they kind of encourage the division as well. 
Joe Biden gets in the office, you're going to have the right and the far right that gets all agitated, and that's going to cause division as well. So it's not the political candidates that are causing division, per se. It is the political climate that we're in. And the reason why there's so much division is because that is good money for the status quo. Why don't why wouldn't they push the vision? It keeps people watching the news. Why wouldn't they keep pushing the vision? It's good for politics. It's good to get donations. It's good to solidify that power that we have over these people. If we just have these little divisions that don't even matter in the long run, right? Does it really matter about half the things that we talk about on the news? That people are protesting in in Seattle or whatever? Like, that doesn't affect you or me unless we're in Seattle. But everyone has to have their commentary. And everyone has to have their view on people protesting. There's, like, little things that they'll talk about on the news that are just there. And keep an eye out for it. You'll know what I'm talking about when you see it. These things that, in the, think about it. it when you're watching the news, you say, does this really affect me? Does this issue that they're talking about affect me? Does, you know, somebody talking about, I, I, I'm trying to think, of, oh, school prayer, for example. Like, they always bring that up, and that's like a bigger divisive topic. But does that affect you, you know? I mean, it might affect your kids if they forced prayer into school, but you know what? If you want prayer in school, then go send your kid to a private school or something like that. Like, would we, would we really want the state dictating prayers in schools? But those are little divisive topics that don't, that they talk about on the news that don't really matter in the green, grand scheme of things. But that's, I mean, they want the division. They want the fight. They want the, the, the right against the left. It's conservatives versus the liberals. Because that instills that power over you. That's not a... I mean, none of that stuff is a federal issue. School prayer isn't even a federal issue, per se. It should be a local issue. It should be a state issue, if anything. But we don't talk... We don't hear about school prayer anyway. That's just, you know, the first thing I could think of when when I came up with that subject. But there's lots of issues. If you're watching the news, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. Think about it. Does it affect me? No. Okay, it doesn't really matter then. And the only reason why the news agencies are showing is they are trying to instill division in the people so that they can keep the viewers, increase viewership, get more money from advertising revenue, and then so forth. Like, look how popular CNN is now because everyone hates Donald Trump, right? And MSNBC because everyone hates Donald Trump. Under Barack Obama, they weren't... They weren't having the same viewership as they are now. So Donald Trump is good for CNN and MSNBC. Why would they... They they should probably be trying to get the guy elected, to be honest with you. So they can keep on instilling that fear and that division even more. 
But anyway, guys, I appreciate you joining me. This is another look at the 2020 election. Uh, Thank you for joining me. I'm not sure who's going to win. It's kind of up in the air right now, but I'm pretty sure Joe Biden will be the next president, man. Um, Just, you know, what what it seems like to me. But uh, Donald Trump, if the economy ends up just booming, which, you know what, jobs are coming back. The coronavirus, you know, even though it's starting to, you're you're seeing more cases and stuff like that, the death counts are kind of leveling out going down even you're going to start seeing you know America coming back from the brink of you know all these jobless jobless claims and stuff like that so November might look good for him if things are starting to heat up on the economy you never know so that that's that might end up helping out Donald Trump as well uh, but we'll see people do vote from their pocketbook that people do vote from the economy as well and based upon the economy. So we'll see what happens. Uh, but you know, you got 90 days until a decision is made. And then it might be a week or two or three or four after that before they even know, depending upon how they end up doing these ballots and stuff. So we'll see. I mean, it's, it's going to be chaos in the streets. I can tell you that in November, December, January, especially if Donald Trump gets elected, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with the far left people that are out there doing like, not just the protesting per se, but the rioters in the Antifa types and see what happens there. Um, it'll be interesting. So uh, keep on listening, though, Ion2020. If you want to check me out, you can check me out on IonTheEmpire.com. Facebook and on Twitter is at IonTheEmpire. So check it out there as well. And then, uh, oh, five-star ratings and reviews are always helpful to help me get this show out there to other people who are just searching for podcasts. So if you want to give me a five-star rating and review on your favorite podcatcher, that would be great. And then the best thing you could do, though, is to come back on Monday so you could have clear vision for 2020.